0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Long Finish. I am your host, Tug Coker, and I'm here as always with my wife and co host, Catherine Weil Coker. How are you doing tonight, Catherine?
1: I'm great. How are you? Really good. Happy to be here sitting, relaxing, enjoying this wine with you on a Saturday night.
0: Yep, Saturday night, date night for us. Brought out the old Tupperware that holds our <laughs> what? podcast gear. What is this? Oh, plastic. okay.
1: It's the plastic underbed bin. The bin. It's
0: a bin. Plastic underbed bin.
1: I mean, anyone who has an underbed bin knows how essential they are. It's
0: not Tupperware. <laughs>
1: Not, it's made of plastic <laughs> that's a, see-through. Oh my gosh! Yeah, what is the definition? Is Tupperware like supposed to be only for food?
0: Tupperware is like Kleenex. It's like a brand that's but, taken over. Oh, so
1: Tupperware. Is, yeah, right. Okay, it was a brand, and then we started calling everything. Yeah, Got that's it. real.
0: That's true power for yeah. a, for a, a company. Yep. When you become the brand, that becomes brand the brand is the, the, name thing. Of the thing. Yeah.
1: Interesting. That's what we're doing
0: here at The Long Finish. When you're talking about wine podcasts, you just call them The Long Finishes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, I'm staring into this Tupperware.
0: Oh. That's right. That's right. Welcome, everybody, to episode 72 of The Long Finish. Thanks to everyone for following along. Got a great episode in store, I think, I hope. We're talking about some more wines for fall. And we're going to the Southern Hemisphere. This is something that we don't often do. Don't do enough at Esther's.
1: Yes, don't do enough. This is a delicious wine we're drinking tonight. This is from Chacana is the name of the winery. I'm just reading the label here. Chacana. Underneath it says Viticulture for the Future. Chacana. This is the Sobre Natural. Bonarda. And this is from Lucan de Cuyo in Mendoza. Vintage 2020. Vintage 2020. A delicious red wine. I'm going to tell you all about it, but I'm really thinking this is kind of your Saturday football wine. Wow. As I'm drinking this and thinking about my food pairings and thinking what I want to eat right now. And yeah, I think maybe. Well,
0: we're here in October, full force October is known as one of the great sports months of the year. There's so many sports going on. Football, basketball starting, hockey starting, baseball's in the playoffs. Kids soccer is yeah. happening. Oh,
1: there's one I'm into. There's <laughs> one I know about. Yeah, been to a game, know about it. I even cheer, love it.
0: Crazy day today. We did kids soccer today. I rolled into a birthday party for a friend uh, who has a now four-year-old. We potted with them during most of the pandemic, and we went to decide to go to Mr. Bones,
1: P- Mr. Bones Pumpkin Patch. Yes, yeah, so if,
0: if you live in LA, this is apparently is a thing. I've never been to it. I've been, been to twice. it twice.
1: It, guys, it, this is not like your parents' pumpkin patch. That's like out in nature where you feel like you're feeling fall. This is a fully commercialized, no. like. It's basically going to a small amusement park for kids that happens to happen around Halloween. It's a pop-up in a giant parking lot, luckily really close to our house, and it's very dirty. So as soon as they got home, I was like, no one touches anything. Please go. Well, there's
0: a lot, the of st- a, lot of straw, a lot of straw, things like this. Was
1: the petting zoo there this petting year? Petting zoo was there. Petting zoo. They've got the like inflatable slides. Yeah. They have like a million kids wearing masks. They I'm were. Okay, they were good, but just kind of nutso. The maze, the corn it's maize like straw a maze, straw maze. Not, oh, we don't have yeah. a big
0: enough real estate for a corn maze, so it's just a bunch of. It's like six barrels of hay. <laughs> Yeah, I just
1: remember the petting zoo, because I took Bo when he was like not even two, and I was like, "Um, oh man, I have to sanitize everything.
0: So, crazy long day. I've said this before, as a parent, I do not look forward to the weekends, it is all us. I've been going essentially from 10 in the morning to the farmer's market, to the soccer game, to Mr. Bones, got ice cream, built up some temper tantrums, put them to bed, and now we pod as a couple.
1: You did have an hour of football watching before the pod to just wind down, Well, right? I, did, I did do that, okay, yes. Okay, yeah. Well, that's yeah. obligatory Watch the Saturday. Dodgers play, et cetera,
0: yeah. et cetera. <laughs> At the other big event of the week, folks, that you need to know is that um, last week, in our townhouse community, there is a pool. Pool's been awesome for our kids, but there is a tree that overhangs the pool or that drops leaves into the pool. So whenever I go into the pool area with the kids, I like to clean up the pool, take all the leaves out of the pool, et cetera. Well, last week, there was one other family in there sort of watching me do this work, and I was reaching extra hard to find this one batch of leaves in the middle of the pool, and I fell into the pool, <laughs> fully clothed, with my phone. My phone, I, listen, I did. I went by all the rules that you all know about. I'm sure many of you have like had some water issues with your phone. You take it out immediately. You get out some rice, and you let it. your phone sit in a rice bath for, like a day or two days. Did that. Went to a shop to have it fixed. Didn't get fixed. Tried to buy a new iPhone. Uh, not available for a couple of weeks. So I'm going without a phone for almost three weeks. And the first day, Catherine was like, I love this. It's kind of fun. Now you hate it. Okay. Now you hate it because I'm not able to be found
1: no yeah no no (laughs) not really into it now the first day was good because i listen you got me the apple watch so that i could be found because i often am known to leave my phone in places and forget where it is and not text back and you know i just don't want to remember where it is all the time but with you not having a phone i didn't feel that i had to be tied to mine as little as i even am so so happy But then, yeah, no, it's hard not knowing what time you're going to be home or if you are picking up any food or, like, essential questions for our family.
0: What I've discovered is not an inspiration of the week. This is almost a realization of the week, which is, I'm sure we all feel this. Like, we are so attached to our phones. But I'm feeling this so hard this week because, uh, case in point, I went over to Griffith Park, which is a park in L.A. that's about 40, 45 minutes from where we live. And... I just decided to drive home and navigate myself off you know, the highway because it was rush hour, and I had no clue. Like I didn't have ways to sort of tell me which was the best way. I, I ran into sort of like a police zone, traffic jam, like all these things we take for granted.
1: He was an hour and a half later than he said he would be. And it, were you not so happy when you came home and I was chill? I,
0: I was, was like- so happy. <laughs> I was ready to get just chewed out. It's
1: just like... What are you gonna do? I was prepared for it. I was what? prepared for what it, are you all these do. things. He like sat the kids down. I'm so sorry. I'm like, Well, what are we gonna do?
0: No one speaks on the phone, unless you speak to your immediate family. Like, I don't if they feel like friends talk on the phone that much anymore. Like you don't learn things about people unless you go on social media. I'm off social media. I have no idea what's happening in the world. It's amazing to think about how and sad to a degree about how attached I personally become to my own phone.
1: Well, this is an Excellent.
0: Is this a wake-up call for me? Yes. Is this an intervention? Are we doing I, an intervention right now in the pod?
1: Yes, I think it is. <laughs> you know what? I think also you're going to have a lot of like tension released in your neck from looking down at your phone all the time. You're like you're probably going to even be you know not six five but six six next Maybe. week. Maybe I stretch <laughs> up.
0: Just, yeah. <laughs> you're
1: looking at it honestly, this is an intervention and or it wasn't planned to be but if it is i'm happy for it to be because you need a break
0: i'm getting the break now it's time to do things more analog like drink wine
1: like drink wine like our kids are learning about the five senses in school let's learn about our five senses with this wine
0: let's do it so the other thing i'll mention quickly is we have a wine fridge and we try to get you guys know it used to be in
1: our kids closet it's been
0: our kids closet it's been sitting at the repair shop for about four months. They finally called us and said, we found the part. We fixed your fridge. Come get it.
1: Thank you, Newman's Vacuum.
0: Newman's Vacuum. <laughs> in Santa Monica. Fixed our fridge. I picked it up. We put it in the closet. It looks perfect. Perfect. Excited to drink some of the wines we've been storing and add to the collection. Maybe this wine that we have tonight will be a part of that new collection, Catherine. Let's talk about another great wine for fall. Let's talk about Southern Hemisphere. Let's talk about Argentina. What can we learn about this wine tonight?
1: I'm loving it. So, again, the name of this wine is the Chacana Sobre Natural Bonarda. It's from Lujan de Cuyo in Mendoza. Vintage 2020. So, Argentina. You think about Southern Hemisphere, one major thing you got to think about is that the seasons are shifted. So anytime we're talking about the harvest date or when's a good time to visit, they're just starting their growing season now. You know, things are starting, bud breaks happening and harvesting will be after the first of the year, you know, maybe in February or maybe March and April, but it's flipped from
0: ours. One thing I learned about that when we went to France a few years ago is that how people, I don't know when this happened, but people discovered the idea that you can do some sort of farm work with grapes year-round. Like you can go, people travel, right? Yes,
1: they're called flying winemakers.
0: Flying winemakers. Well,
1: let me do a harvest here, a harvest there. Because if you are a winemaker and you might make your own wine, maybe you consult and help other people make wine, But it's still only once a year. But if you're doing it in Southern Hemisphere and Northern Hemisphere, you get twice a year. This is from Argentina. Argentina, the most famous and 80% of the wine comes from Mendoza. Now there's a little bit in a couple regions north of Mendoza called Salta, another place, and then down in Patagonia. But most wine comes from Mendoza. And Mendoza is an area that's kind of at the base of the andes so that the highlands of the andes mountains and it's 600 miles south of buenos aires i've never been there i've been to buenos aires was this which is just an amazing vibrant fabulous city but i have never been to mendoza is that a hint yeah let's go winemaking has been going on a long time in argentina since the 1500s and most it was mostly populated by Italian Spanish and French immigrants of course on top of the native populations that lived there and all these immigrants and their generations after drank wine so not a lot of it got exported but in the 1990s that kind of changed and of course we all know the grape that changed it which is Malbec that's Argentina's claim to fame It's not all there is, and tonight I'm really excited that we're drinking a different grape that grows really well in Argentina called Bonarda. So this Bonarda is from Mendoza, as we were talking about it, a semi-arid desert, basically, at the foot of the Andes, and it would not maybe be the perfect place for growing wine except that the native populations created these acequias which is like an irrigation system that's basically like an irrigation ditch and they're all over Mendoza and these brought water to these like arid places there's like an intensely hot wind they have 300 days of sun it's super sunny but because it's high high altitude in some places that in many places the nights are really cool and the days are really warm. And as we know, those quote diurnal shifts are what make for really great wine growing regions. The warmth and sunshine during the day gets the grapes like really ripe and lots of juicy fruit. And at night cools down, preserving acidity and preserving the structure of the wine. So it's kind of a great place for growing wine. And this Benarda that we're drinking tonight comes from the central region of Mendoza in a little place called Lucan de Cuyo, very known. And the winery is Chacana. It's not a small winery. But this project that they are doing called Sobre Natural is kind of a smaller version within the larger winery. Now, the whole winery is organic and biodynamic, but this project is also without sulfur, and so this wine is completely natural, not fine, not filtered just juicy, delicious Bonarda. So if you've ever w- wondered, well, geez, what's Bonarda from Argentina like? This is a perfect example. This Bonarda is not related to the Bonarda from Italy. They're two different grapes. This Bonarda, also known as Douce Noir, is originally from the Savoie region of France. So should we taste it and try it? Let's just have a little sip. Oh, not like we haven't been sipping. Yep. It is inky, black, opaque. You cannot see through it, which is very similar to Malbec, right? Malbec is super dark, really intense. It hangs a little bit on the glass. It's like medium alcohol. I just checked it's 13.5%, which is like medium for a red wine. The nose is just so lovely. It's it's got great intensity. Black cherry, black plum. It's got this kind of teriyaki thing to it, this like sweet and sour thing. And then there's tons of spices. Nutmeg and allspice and cinnamon. And that is all coming from the grape. This has no thyme and oak. And most Bernard doesn't have thyme and oak. For me, that's what's kind of exciting because I am nothing against Malbec. Sometimes I like Malbec. Sometimes I don't love Malbec. But I'm not crazy about really oaky wines. So if you're like me and you don't love oaky wines, Banarda, it almost never is fermented or aged in oak. And why is that? I think it's just the nature of this grape. And also, like think all that fruit that we just got on the nose, all those spices, that even baking spices. It. Yeah, it doesn't need it. It's floral, too. It's got a smoky character. It's kind of like cigar thing going on, tobacco cigar thing. It's a complex and intense nose. Okay, let's taste it. More black cherry, kind of got a little violet thing going on, tobacco, light to medium tannin. It's got a fresh light finish, nice acidity. Okay, so that's the difference from Malbec, really. It's got lower tannin than Malbec and higher acidity. So naturally you'd think, oh, Catherine, might like this wine. I love this wine. I think it's super fun. It's unlike anything I've ever had. It's juicy. It's fruity. It's got all this other stuff going on. You know, it's not just a simple wine. And it's from the Andes of Argentina. No sulfur. So Chicana, not a super small winery. As I said, they have like 300 acres. So it's pretty big. And the word shakana is the indigenous word for the Southern Cross and the indigenous people's... Southern Cross being... The constellation. And the indigenous peoples believed that that constellation was basically the source of... You would look to that for the timing of when you cultivate crops. And so when it's really aligned, it's like it's your compass, it's your clock, it's your calendar, it's everything. And so this is a nod to that. That's really cool. I think so too.
0: Really cool. So who would you recommend this wine for?
1: I think someone who likes uh, Pinot Noir or Beaujolais, likes a lighter red, would... and wants a lighter red from the Southern Hemisphere, might love this wine. I would totally introduce this to my wine nerd friends, you know, that like want to try a different grape variety. And also they always love Beaujolais too. So like try this. This is a fruity wine and it's not high tannin and it's from somewhere you might not expect. I also think a Malbec drinker would enjoy it too you can kind of pivot from there i feel like your parents might like this wine you could get like a zinfandel drinker on this wine because how fruity it is yeah
0: i don't know if i see beaujolais drinkers i mean i'm sure they would love it but that's that's not the first place my head would go because the fruit is a little bit more in your face i feel like and it's uh, different, kind of fruit, yeah, different, sure. a different kind of fruit for sure kind of fruit it really is one thing about south american wines southern hemisphere wines is a lot of times they're attractive because they're delicious but also because they are affordable Now, is this wine in the affordability range? Yes,
1: Bonarda is not popular. That's another plug for always buying unpopular grapes. Malbec, you can shoot that price up like nothing else because it is their claim to fame. It's so popular. Malbec, yeah. But Bonarda is not in that realm, and so it's really great. It's more affordable. We've talked about
0: this all the time, but I think about—I mean, I've been thinking about markets all year long, and wine market is no different, right? If you're looking for something delicious. And you don't mind going away from the super popular grapes. You can find really quality, value wines, things that are like more affordable. I mean, you talk about this all the time. Like, right? I think what you're saying is usually like uh, ugly wine labels, but also about varietals are, that are just not super trendy or popular. Go in that direction, you can find a great bottle of wine.
1: Yes, you get all your value in Merlot. It, <laughs> you cannot rack up the price in that. It's just always going to be good. And this is more obscure varietal, so. Yes, who's saying I want that Deuce Noir baby? Give me, give me that. Yeah, what a great name, huh?
0: Deuce Noir. Yeah, fourth kid, fourth kid. Think about it, Deuce Noir Coker. Well, Deuce, um, Noe called Noe.
1: It's got to be a girl, though. You know, that's fair. That was a joke, everyone. We're not having a fourth kid. Mom, don't worry. This is a joke to she you. She calls me all the time. You don't have a surprise for me, right? Really?
0: Yeah. This is news to me, breaking news on the show.
1: No, She always says that. That's amazing. You're not, you're not calling me a surprise, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> what surprise our guests with the food pairings you, you were talking about from the beginning of the show? So what are we thinking about here?
1: Okay, well, what I was saying, you know, there's this teriyaki sweet and sour thing. Mm. I mean, I would love to have this with obviously teriyaki sweet and sour but i was thinking of like chicken wings with like sweet and sour sauce like buffalo wings and watching a game i was thinking about it with like chili and spices and i was thinking about like chips and salsa and those were spicy and then i was thinking oh we could get like takeout from a chinese restaurant get like sweet and sour chicken and or like some i don't know anything with like that smokiness or sweet and sour tanginess this is just kind of versatile for really intense flavors
0: it's kind of cool to think of a a wine for a wing i don't don't think i don't think you think of yeah wine for wings very often so if you can find that i think this would be
1: good for well i guess we'll have to try it out
0: let's try it r&d no what do you think about chill for this wine yes or no
1: I like a little chill on it. Okay. But it doesn't have to. We're not drinking it with chill now. We're and it's not. delicious. It's
0: delicious. Where can people find this wine or a wine similar to this?
1: Okay. Well, for sure, Esther's. I don't know, to be honest with you. It, this is my first time trying this. I would explore other grape varietals from Argentina. I've never had a Bonarda or Deuce Noir from the Savoie. I think almost all. All of it comes from Argentina. So maybe you can find it too. Look for unpopular grape varieties from the Southern Hemisphere.
0: This wine's delicious. It's a great way to end our busy Saturday. You know, you and I don't drink a lot of red wines, but I'm being won over. i try a few more later this year. Now we have a wine fridge. I feel like wine fridges are really built for red wines. It's time to stock up.
1: It's true. I mean, there's a lot more red wine in the cellar at Esther's, That's for sure. We'll
0: have to look into that. Buy some wine. Do people buy wines for kids' births? Do you, ever, do you ever run into that?
1: Yeah, they do. People, sometimes I get people who want to round up wines from their child's birth year and save those. And sometimes I get people who want to give a gift for a child. You know, I don't know, first birthday, fifth birthday, something that's from the birth year. Sometimes, obviously... They present
0: it to the kid? Like, we get some Paw Patrol... <laughs> It's always in this bottle from Burgundy. (laughs)
1: Well, if it's a first birthday, the kid has no idea.
0: Kids love to wait. Kids love to wait on gifts. I'm going to wait 16 years to open this.
1: 16 years? I don't know.
0: (laughs) 21, right? I guess Uh, they're five. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. no. On their 21st birthday, they're going to open a bottle of Burgundy, I'm sure.
1: We should probably do that, though.
0: So, yeah, quick, quick report. What are the 2016s looking like? What's What's that year about? Any good?
1: We got some good stuff, yeah. 18? We could find some stuff. Okay. All
0: right. Our next mission. Let's talk about that. I'm going to put a footnote on that. We're going to talk about this.
1: Let's do that for an episode. Another episode. Yeah.
0: All right. All right. Now we get to the last portion of the evening, which is what has been inspiring us this week. I'm going to go first. This goes out to a friend of mine who is an actor and now an accomplished writer and director. His name is Fran Kranz. He wrote a movie that is out this weekend called Mass. This movie premiered at Sundance earlier this year, and it's now probably in limited release. Hopefully it's making a big run for award seasons, especially for the actors. There are four actors in the movie. It takes place in one location, and it involves... I'm not giving anything away. It involves two married couples that had to deal with a mass shooting in a school. One was the shooter's parents, and one was one of the victim's parents, and... The drama takes place. Very heavy material, but, but I've read a bunch of reviews. The reviews are all great. Very compelling. Wow. And this is an actor, friend of mine that I've known for years. He's been in a bunch of your favorite television shows and films. He was on Broadway a couple of times, but was on Broadway doing Death of a Salesman when I was doing Magic Bird a few years back. He was in the Philip Seymour Hoffman production of Death of a Salesman. And just a great person. So inspiring to me to see actors go out and create material for them to act in or write and direct. And he's doing it on a huge scale. I can't wait to see what he's up to next. I've chatted with him a few times on text about the process of how he made this film. And I'm just really inspired by that. So congrats to Frank Kranz. I'm excited to see the film. Hope you all go out and see it. And hopefully you'll see some possible buzz for it during award season. So shout out Fran. Thanks for the inspiration. Catherine, what do you have?
1: That is super cool. I can't wait to see it. It's that. really
0: cool. And no, I'm excited too.
1: I mean, I I'm it also sounds really heavy, but um It does. Like a movie that people should see. Yeah. Yep. Well I am really inspired this week by a fantastic article that came out called Uncharted Terroir, The L.A. Women Behind the West Coast Rise of Natural Wine. This is written by Sydney Love, and it came out September 27th. And it's a fantastic article.
0: Where can they find it?
1: It's in Alta Magazine, or you can go to www.altaonline.com. Altaonline.com. And it is talking about Jill Bernheimer my mentor, and Amy Atwood, a fantastic person in the LA wine scene, who really hit the ground running and started changing things around 2009. And the women that followed, and I am mentioned in this because I worked with Jill, but it's a really in-depth article about these two women and about the people they have mentored and about the ripple effect that's happened in the L.A. wine scene. I've always thought, gosh, there seem to be more women here. Gosh, there seem to be more women here. And this article is kind of telling the origin of that, which is really cool. There's this little quote out here that says, in 2017, female empowerment traveled across all intersections, including L.A.'s natural wine scene. Poo, gets juicy. So you got to read the article.
0: I'm excited to read that article because as... You mentioned, I've always felt like, maybe it's because I'm married to you, that there's been just a lot of very talented women in the L.A. wine scene, maybe compared to the rest of the wine scene across the country. And it's awesome to see or read about the origin of how this came to pass. I know a lot of the the women that probably are in the article, but I could be more excited to read it. So thanks for bringing it to my attention.
1: Yeah, uh, I would just say one, one last little quote that Jill said, that she has Jill saying in that, Rather than, than expand my own business, I did want to support other people and whatever their endeavors might be. I benefited from having such bright, talented, motivated people to work with me in the shop. So many people have worked with Jill Bernheimer. And A in L.A. she has been so generous. Yep. She's spreading that love. I love it.
0: Can't wait to read it. All right, that's it. That's it for episode 72 of The Long Finish. Episode 72 is in the books. Thank you to everyone for continuing to listen to the show. If you have an opportunity to, please rate, review, and subscribe to our show. It would mean a lot to us. Catherine, where can they find you and The Long Finish on social media?
1: You can find me on Instagram. At Catherine Lyle Coker and The Long Finish on Instagram. At The Long Finish. You
0: can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. We've got some new episodes coming up in the rest of October and on to the rest of the year. Decided to bring some more wines to you, give you an update on all things going on in our crazy household. Until then, have a great couple weeks. Be healthy, be happy, and happy drinking.
1: Ciao.